Welcome back to AQ's Blog and Grill, a podcast dedicated to bringing you stories of innovation and insights in the branding and marketing space. Sprinkle in a dash of entrepreneurship and startup life, and you've got food for thought. Whether you want to define your new startup brand, discover how to turn your hobby into a successful business, or hone your content creation skills, you're sure to leave each week with a full stomach or mind. Now here's your host, Alan Quarry. AQ's Blog and Grill. Hey, everybody, and welcome to AQ's Blog and Grill. Really excited today to have uh, Lindsay Coulter on. Lindsay is a uh, is an entrepreneur extraordinaire. I've known Lindsay for certainly over five years, maybe as many as 10. It's, um, and she's always got something on the go. In the last couple of years, things have really uh, picked up, and, and she's the founder and owner of uh, Lindsay Coulter Photography, and a few other things that are kind of exciting to talk about. So welcome, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. I actually cannot believe that it has been that long, 10 years, but you're, you're totally right. I think that we met when I was a co-op student at the University of Waterloo. <laughs> that I is great. That time has gone by that, that quickly. <laughs> yeah. and, and so many achievements. And uh, I know at that time when you were a student, you'd already opened up your own... Um, uh, yoga studio. Is that about right? Yes, that is correct. So um, yeah, about 10 years ago when I was a student at the University of Waterloo um, for geography and environmental management, I uh, had started Pure Vita Yoga, which was um, my first experience, I would say, at um, entrepreneurism and um, experiencing what I, we didn't call it a side hustle then but a side hustle really right. um, I was in university and uh, working at restaurants and doing all of the normal jobs that most university students do um, when I decided that I was going to go to Georgian college at the same time for uh, for yoga so I started a yoga business um, I kind of that was my first uh, experience at running my own company and rather than trading an individual hour for a certain amount of money, uh, it was my first experience at building something, um, creating a website, understanding, um, branding and marketing and all of that stuff. And, um, although a few years down the line, I decided that I loved yoga, but um, had different aspirations as far as career goals. Uh, I definitely learned a lot from it. It was really, that was a great time in my life. I really loved it. <laughs> so, you know, the old saying is, I think it was Bill Gates who said it lately is if you've got something that needs to get done, give it to a busy person. Uh, you've always been kind of busy in my eyes. Yes. Yes. I have always been busy. And, um, over the past few years, I have, um, I've really tried hard to be conscious of how I'm busy and what I'm busy with. Um, even when I was younger, I was in musicals and cheerleading and dance and every single night of the week after school, my parents were driving my brother and I around doing things. Right. Um, and they always felt meaningful and impactful. So I never felt like once I got into university and was in both university and college and running a business and had a part-time job. Um, and I was teaching piano at the time. And, and none of that ever seemed unreasonable because it all felt like it was taking me on the path that I wasn't sure what the path was uh -huh. heading towards yet, but it felt like it was going on some kind of a path. Um, 
so, so what do you think Lindsay, what do you think it was that was driving you from this this early age? I mean, that's a lot of activity. You said it was meaningful. What was it in that meaning that kept driving you forward? Um, I've always been a very uh, ambitious person. I just I just have been. I maybe it's the that I'm a second child, or <laughs> maybe it's that I am an Aries and a Virgo, whatever it may be. <laughs> in whatever world you believe in, um, I've just always been really ambitious. My um, parents have always really instilled that in me. Um, and uh, I kind of just felt like if, if other people are going to support me in these endeavors, like my parents were willing to drive us around and sacrifice so much of their lives, like why wouldn't I be, you know, taking advantage of that? So. Right. Um, I've always just been really ambitious. I've, I've never really felt like enough is enough, which is a blessing and a curse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Um, so right now, I mean, you've forged a new career in photography, your studio, uh, you've just reopened in your, your new space there. Yes, we're uh, here now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And you're traveling the world, um, on assignments, um, some of those are event oriented, uh, weddings being, being one of those. Yeah. Um, so how does that fit with, uh, what may or may not be your destination in the future? This, uh, it must be really exciting for you. It is exciting. Um, I have never really taken it for granted, the um, trajectory that things have gone for me. Um, I would say there's definitely been a turning point, and that would probably have been when I was Miss Oktoberfest in 2012. Um, all of the things that I had done up until that point were driving me into becoming a community leader um, and an ambassador for the community. and. Um, I was finally able to take all of the things, and I say finally, I was 22 years old, but finally <laughs> able to take all of the things that I had been putting into practice and be able to act on them and be able to help our community um, grow and um, understand the um, economics behind community building. And you're a huge community builder, so you understand how much uh, value there is in putting your own efforts and your own talents behind a community organization, something like Oktoberfest. So um, I, from that point, from 2012, um, I, it was also the time that I met my now husband, Taylor Jackson, uh, who is also a photographer and filmmaker. We were on uh, your blog and grill <laughs> like 2013, I think, right? Yes, that's right, yes. Um, and that really just changed the course of things for me. I think aligning yourself with the right people in the right moment um, is what any entrepreneur is going to say got them to the point that they're currently at. Um, not that this is it for me by any means, but um, I think aligning your own vision and your values and combining that with other humans that have the same drive to do fun and interesting things. Right. Um, that's kind of how I got myself into this position now. So uh, I met Taylor. Uh, I was completely inspired by um, his drive to build a lifestyle rather than a job or a career, right? Um, that his focus was always on uh, creating 
and um, building new things and trying new things and seeing what works and seeing what fails. And I realized that that's what I had been doing this entire time. I just didn't quite know it yet. With yoga and with going to school for geography, I was just trying things and I was creating and I was absorbing knowledge. um, And I was just trying to see what was going to work. Right. That's probably what my, most entrepreneurs do, really. <laughs> so um, for me, photography worked. Photography was the thing that allowed me. Um, what I wanted by going into school for geography was to learn more about the world and right. to see people and how they lived in all kinds of uh, ways and places. And I, I sadly learned fairly early on that geography was probably not <laughs> the way to travel the world. It was learn about it from a theoretical standpoint um but with photography i get to uh meet people it's it's just the medium for me to introduce myself Uh in a way uh to get to know people and to put myself into it into somebody else's shoes for that day whether it be for a wedding or um whether it be traveling to iceland with a bunch of people that are just looking to go on an adventure right so you you have been to Iceland. That wasn't too long ago. And now you're just back from Maui, where yeah. you, you were out on uh, a whale watching expedition. Oh, I love whales. The greatest picture <laughs> ever. <laughs> yes. So um, for the past three or four months, um, I have been uh, not shooting weddings. So it was a, a really big priority of mine to uh, take a step back. As a creative yourself, I'm sure that you get this. If you're constantly... Um, creating on a deadline, it's very hard to create on a larger scale. Right. Um, I find that if I'm constantly creating for clients or I'm constantly um, under pressure, I really thrive on pressure. So it's not like uh, <laughs> it's not like I don't I don't appreciate a deadline. I really do, but um, I do my best work when I'm able to take a step back and have some breathing room. Um, so this year well really it was actually a year and a half ago that I kind of made this decision because in the wedding industry things happen much further out Um, but about a year and a half ago I realized that I wanted to take the winter off Um, I am moving towards uh, photography education and helping photographers and creatives build their businesses um, in sustainable ways so I realized that there was not going to be space for that side of growth if I was still constantly in the trenches in my photography business. (laughs) Now I did speak to a couple of your clients um, from the wedding side of things and that's exciting did you give them a I asked them, how was it shooting your day, your big day, uh, with a photographer like uh, Lindsay Coulter? The comments that came back were just amazing in terms of Lindsay was so much more than a photographer. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah. They they could have hired somebody with a lens and a shutter. Uh, But you became part of the celebration not just part of the schedule, not just part right. of the day. And and was that something that you consciously uh, went out to do in terms of kind of make yourself different than just be the wedding photographer? Absolutely. I think um, as any photographer will tell you, um, there are so many different styles of photography. Um, even within wedding photography, there are different styles mm-hmm. and personalities that go into it. But um, 
through my yoga training, actually, I really started to learn about people's energy and how we give and take energy back and forth from each other. And the first few weddings that I shot alongside Taylor when I was first getting started, um, I was given the incredible ability to not be the main photographer, but to be the observer and to pick up on what kind of images are we able to create when people are under stress and what kind of images are we able to create when people are feeling at ease and confident and happy and enjoying themselves. So while it certainly isn't my job to fix someone's hair and makeup when it goes awry. And it's definitely not my job to go and grab them a mimosa when somebody's stressing them out. I'm going to do that because I understand the energy and I understand the confidence that people feel when they think that you're on their team. Uh, rather than just somebody there stalking them for the day. <laughs> so that makes me so happy to hear that the clients that you've spoken to have said that because I really do, um, I try to make myself a part of the celebration um, for many reasons, but one of them is just, it, I think it makes the energy of the entire day. It makes your um, bride and groom or groom and groom or bride and bride feel more confident. It makes their guests feel happy. It makes everyone just feel like, this girl's got it. She's taking care of this. We don't need to put any stress on this. Right. Now, CNN did a uh, did a story on you uh, not too long ago about a particular wedding that you were a photographer. You were the photographer for, and how you helped solve a big problem that came up just before the big moment. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So um, a few years ago. Uh, we were experiencing very interesting time in North America and Canada. Um, it was during what I guess would have been called in the news the Syrian refugee crisis, uh, where a lot of people were moving from Syria, trying to find homes all around the world. And um, you're probably like, what does this have to do with wedding photography? <laughs> I wondered the same thing in the same moment. Um, I was shooting a wedding for a bride from Toronto who was getting married in Cambridge and they were staying at an Airbnb in Guelph. So <laughs> very all over Ontario for this one. Um, the bride and groom uh had family from all over the world. So they figured rather than bringing them just to Toronto, they were getting married at the Cambridge Mill. Um, they stayed in Guelph because they had found this beautiful Airbnb. But when I arrived, uh, there was a little bit of a panic because the bride's dress uh, had just broken. The zipper on her dress was irreparable. There was really no solving it. Um, and we had, obviously it was like, it was like one of those, um, uh, wedding reality TV shows. Will it happen in time? She has a half an hour to get this ready. This is exactly how this was going. And honestly, there wasn't a whole production crew there. It was just me to solve this problem. So um, I had asked one of the bridesmaids if she wanted to run next door. I noticed that the neighbor had had their garage door open. So they were obviously home. Asked if they have pliers that we could pry the zipper open and clamp it on. This is the best I could do. It was certainly not going to be good enough, but it would be maybe good enough to get her into the limo, to get to the venue where someone far more qualified for this situation could have helped. Um, so a few moments later, the bridesmaid came back. She had pliers in her hand and then said, the neighbors next door um, are coming over in a few minutes. They are sponsoring a Syrian refugee family who 
literally just got to their home yesterday. And um, the father of the family that, that had traveled here was a master tailor from Aleppo. So it couldn't have been more serendipitous um, that this man happened to be there. And not only did he happen to be there, that he was willing to come over and help out with this situation with people he had never met before. Right. Um, when he arrived, we found out that he um, had, didn't speak any English at all. They used Google Translate to communicate back and forth with us but really it was sort of just like universal gestures of thank you and you know we're pointing to this very broken job <laughs> um so we were able to just kind of stand back and let this man do his work he was able to sew up the bride's dress within just a few moments he had his his young son standing side by right right by his side the entire time um and yeah, they, they finished it up, sort of gave a thank you to each other, and we went on our way. Um, and I'm realizing I'm the only one that has these moments documented and really hope that this just worked out well. Because this is, if for no one else, a really important story uh, for the Dudu family who had just arrived from Syria that I wanted to share the photos with them as a you know, sign of gratitude, also to the bride and groom that had just hired me. So you MacGyvered uh, your way out of that situation. Absolutely. Yeah. I, <laughs> by the grace of God <laughs> and politics, <laughs> Dustin Trudeau himself, yeah. we were able to get a man with much better uh, skills in, in there than, than as a very liberal person myself. I felt like this is a story that um, Canada needs to hear right now. So. Right. Um, you know, as photographers, we like to call ourselves storytellers. Um, and I really felt like this was a story that needed to be told. So I uh, made a post on my Facebook, um, on my business page with a few of the photos and a story about sort of just the human spirit and that I was so grateful um, that regardless of where I happened to be born or where this, this man happened to be born, we all kind of got that in a moment of need, we would all help each other out. Obviously, his need for having a safe and healthy home to live in was much higher than her need for a fixed dress. Uh, but one of the things that uh, Mr. Dudu did say right after, um, by a translation, he said he was always really excited to help Canadians. He just didn't expect to be able to do it so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so you have a new podcast. I do. Uh, yeah, I think you and Tim are doing I was something. Inspired by you. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you share with us what what it's about? Because I I think it's a great idea. Absolutely, thank you. So, um, it is a a, a podcast called Drink the Coffee, Do the Work, uh, and I host it with my friend and uh, co-host Timothy Musa. He's also a photographer and filmmaker. Um, our group of friends is very interesting and eclectic, but we all tend to be creative types. So um, Tim and I were sitting around my studio one day and just chatting about the different ways in which entrepreneurs get the work done. And why are some people more successful than others? Why do some people with really great ideas uh, never execute? What are the ways in which um, people's businesses are thriving or not thriving and why um and i kind of just made a, a joke like well i just like get i just drink the coffee and i just do the work right and 
for some of us, it really is just that simple. Yeah. Uh, when motivation is not there, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, I caffeinate. <laughs> um, but, you know, listening to podcasts and there's so many different ways, but we wanted to ask other people, what are the things that you do? So we've gotten some really great, like tangible suggestions from a ton of people from all across the board. We've had right. um, naturopaths and therapists and other photographers. We have a celebrity stylist that we're filming with next week. So okay. like everybody that's getting work done, we want to hear yeah. from their people. So um, it's been really interesting. It's been really exciting. Uh, the podcast episodes are all half an hour, really short, concise episodes. The very manageable amounts of time uh, for very busy people. So yeah, we're really enjoying it. Selfishly, I love it. It's, it's a really great excuse to meet and interview great people and ask some questions that um, I'm sure other people would love to know the answers to. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Congratulations. And uh, I know it's going to do well. I just I just came across it the other day. So I, have, I saw your list of guests. And there's a couple on there that I want to nail down uh, and find out what it is that makes them work. How um, do they get it going? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, listen in. <laughs> I, I, and everyone at home can listen in. Uh, what is the, um, how do we find the podcast, Lindsay? So we're on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Um, if you have any trouble finding them on there, the, the easiest spot really is always just to go to our Instagram where we link to everything every week. If you follow us on Instagram, then you'll also get notifications once a week whenever we whenever we bring out um, new episodes. So okay. um, we're just at Drink the Coffee, Do the Work. Great. Yeah. Well, Lindsay, you're someone I think that keeps learning. You're a lifelong learner. Um, and, and I think if I can guess, you're going to continue to do that. Uh, to be that. Who are the people that you've learned a lot from? Uh, who's influenced you and your approach to life as well as your your craft? That I love that question. Yeah, I um, definitely have been um, inspired by so many people and um, whether it be reading or listening to audiobooks, whatever it may be, I think um, that's the only way that our lives stay interesting is by constantly learning about the world. It also helps you from getting bogged down by the negativity of the news and all that stuff is if you can just be constantly consuming. Um, there's so much positive, great stuff to be learned out there that yep. that's what I try to surround myself with. Um, one of the very first people, and actually I believe that you know her well, um, that I would say inspired me early on was um, a woman named Carol Stewart. Yes. Um, so, so Carol was um, my first real employer, I should say. Okay. Um, one of my, I mean, I had so many jobs growing up um, and I learned something from all of them, but um, the first woman to ever really go out on a limb for me. <laughs> uh, so I was in at University of Waterloo in a co-op program. Right. And, and I can't say enough about co-op. I think it's such a great experience. Um, it teaches you what you want to do and what you don't want to do. Right. And, um, and it's really such an amazing experience. So I was in, like I had mentioned, in school for geography and environmental management. And yeah. I was struggling in my first term to get a job. Who wants to hire a first-year geographer? Not a whole lot of people, surprisingly, with 
is real. This is a very real world event. Go and try to find a job as a geographer with uh, out a full degree or anything. You're going to be hard pressed. So um, I learned uh, how to work my network. <laughs> and uh, Carol and my father were friends and Carol said, hey, I'll bring this girl on. Um, so I worked as a marketing co-op student for her. Great. And she told me that she really uh, aimed to hire young women. She wanted to inspire young women to get into the tech industry. So she was um, the director of the research and technology park at the University of Waterloo. So she has, yep. she has a huge role and she has she has just skyrocketed from there. Yep. Um, and I feel so honored to have been taken under her wing. She is a woman that drinks the coffee and does the work. <laughs> she has gone far beyond what anyone I'm sure in her life ever told her she was capable of. She has broken down barriers. She is a very powerful and influential woman in the tech space. And that was not a common thing many right. years ago, right? So um, she's just inspiring. Um, she really gave me uh, my first leg up. Um, and through that, she introduced me to people. She was constantly telling me to get up and go to networking events to stop working in the office and go and volunteer at TEDx. Or um, she got me a role volunteering for Sustainable Waterloo because she knew that that would be more aligned with my education. She, she was just exceptional. So um, I think it's really important for um, women in positions of power and of privilege to be helping each other out. And that's exactly what she did for me. So I've been really inspired by that. I took on my first co-op student this year because of her. Um, and yeah, she, she was really, really inspiring for me. Excellent. Good. Anyone else come to mind? Absolutely. I mean, Carol's a great I example. Could, I could go on, honestly, there's like 50 people that come to mind. <laughs> um, my husband is a huge one. Um, Taylor is a source of constant inspiration and motivation. Um, I'm always trying to um, observe and learn from him. The ways that he works and the ways that his brain thinks um, is just different. It really, he just thinks differently than um, most people. And there's no there's no secret sauce for why that happens. It's truly I've I've come to learn he just works really really hard, right. and he loves what he does, um, and he is not afraid of failing. He's not afraid of making a mistake. Um, he does everything from a place of kindness and authenticity, um, and yeah, really everything that I know. It sounds so like I'm the softest person, but <laughs> I am a softy when it comes to Taylor. I love him. He's such a source of inspiration for me, and um, he's constantly pushing me and constantly motivating me. So it's uh, it's a blessing to have him as a partner in every <laughs> in every aspect of my life for sure. <laughs> well, that's great, and I. I've known Taylor for quite a while too. And he's a guy that kind of made his own career Absolutely. as well. I mean, yeah, he started shooting video of his friends that were in bands uh, playing at the local Maxwell's music house and kaboom, yep. uh, you know, he's, he's traveling the world now uh, exactly. on different shoots. I think the biggest thing that I've taken away from Taylor's life and, and everything that he's accomplished to this point is he's, he's never waited for anyone to give him permission to do something. Right. Um, and he's never waited for anyone to do it first for him to um, decide that he was going to do something. Right. He would just go out and do it and see if it worked. 
which is a scary thing. Uncharted territory is a scary thing, but it's a big reason why he's been so successful. <laughs> Let's speak about another part of your success and and where this came from. I'm not sure. Was it a year or two years ago when you launched Georgian Bay, uh, which is a clothing line? It is. It is. I mean, speaking of being busy, <laughs> uh, I... I'm always looking for new creative outlets um, and Georgian Bay. Um, so it's spelled B-A-E <laughs> um, was it actually came out of my bachelorette party, which was two, two years ago. Now um, my girlfriends and I had rented a cottage in Muskoka and a lot of us were, you know, trying to come up with fun ideas for things that we could do as a group. And we thought it would be very fun to make sweaters um, that were sort of cheeky and fun and we could take cute group photos, what have you. So we created these sweaters that just said Georgian Bay, um, on them and tons of people. And I mean, an overwhelming amount of people sent me messages asking where we bought them. And I was like, well, we didn't buy <laughs> And I'm not about to get out a screen printer. <laughs> um, so I waited on it for a little bit and then just decided, well, I mean, if people are coming out of the woodworks wanting these things, it would be easy enough for us to do it. Um, I have a lot of friends at Shopify. We're really lucky that we have Shopify in Waterloo. So um, learning about uh, a direct-to-consumer kind of um business was totally new to me. I had never, I had never even thought about drop shipping or, I mean, creating a brand was not new to me. I had had, I've had to do that over and over again. Um, so I knew that I had the ability to build a website and come up with designs. Like that was, that seemed like the easy part, finding customers. It just seemed like, well, this will be this weird thing I'm going to have to do to try to figure out how to sell these and shipments. And I never wanted to be out packing things up myself, rolling <laughs> things out to people. Um, but through the help of a lot of people at shop, I was able to get this business up and running. And um, it's been really fun. It honestly has taken all of the things that, again, all the things that I've learned about social media and network marketing and just strong branding and just keeping things really simple. We've never really done anything crazy. We just do Georgian Bay and a couple of other simple slogans, um, sweatshirts, tank tops, pants, like nothing nuts. We don't go crazy. Yeah. Um, keep things really simple. We know what we're good at. So it's been a really fun side hustle. I by no means think that this is my retirement plan. <laughs> I have so much respect for people that are in the apparel and retail space. Oh my goodness. That's a lot. It's just a lot of hustle that goes into that. It's really fun. It is really, really fun. Well, Lindsay, before we consider your retirement, <laughs> maybe a little early, but could you share with us maybe two or three things of the advice that you would give to somebody who's 18, let's say a woman, uh, just started in university, what sort of things through your experience and your now wisdom, could you point out to them as hints to, if they wanted to, they could get going, they could drink the coffee and do the work. Yeah, absolutely. So I was actually thinking about this the other day. Like, what would you tell your younger self? Right. Um, I, I was listening to a podcast and uh, one of the women was giving advice to her younger self. And I think that the biggest piece of advice that I would give to a young woman that was in my sort of same sphere, right? 
already on the track of really wanting to do good things and create good things, but really still struggling to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first thing that I would say is just like cut out all the noise, anything that doesn't fit into this narrow scope of your vision of success, just cut it out. Mm -hmm. And at that age, right at the age of 18 to 20 something, a lot of it is your social circle. So the people you're surrounding yourself with, the ones that you are um, spending your most time with, you know, we've all heard that the five people you spend your most time, most time with are the ones you become the most like. Um, At 18, you're probably holding a lot holding on to people that you curated through high school or just through your childhood. And now you're at this time where you have this like amazing opportunity to curate people based on your future life, not just the one that was handed to you based on your geography, right? Not just based on these people lived near me and we were in the same catchment area during high school. So now we're friends. You get the opportunity to hand select humans that want to get on this ride with you. And and be okay with them not being there forever. Sometimes they're just for a season, but, you know, just kind of cut out all of the noise. So if you're having, you know, issues with friends or relationships or whatever, none of that in 10 years will ever matter. Um, but your goals and staying focused on what those goals are um, and moving forward and always reminding yourself, okay, I got off track there, but moving forward. And I got off track there, but moving forward. Um, never considering things as a total failure. I think women especially can be really, really hard on themselves. A-type driven, motivated women. We can be the hardest on ourselves, harder than anybody can be. Um, But taking failures, write them down. Write them down and don't call it a failure. It's a jumping off point. We all know that. Every single person that's ever experienced anything. Like I could look back at, oh, I never started a yoga studio per se I always taught privately out of people's homes and was that a failure absolutely not I would have considered it a failure if I had held on to the dream of owning a studio for so long that I missed what I was meant to do right um so yeah just kind of I would say just keeping focus just really never losing sight um and never feeling you have to have your focus so nailed in like that I knew I never knew I was going to be a photographer if I had believed that this probably wouldn't have happened right so (laughs) Um, I think build your picture of what your life will look like. Will you be surrounded by people that love you? You know, will you have a dog? Will you have a home? Will you travel? Um, Will you be able to travel to go up north? Like one of my biggest things was that I always wanted the freedom to go up to my family's cottage. And that may seem like a small thing, but it's not. Um, It's part of the reason why I put so much energy into Georgian Bay is because now I have a real like business financial use to go up to my family's cottage Um, and not that I think spending time with my family isn't worth it enough but it's nice to have a (laughs) (laughs) write-off that's Um, good business advice right there it's good to have a write-off. Yeah. I just think it's nice to have the write-off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think just keeping focus, never losing sight of what your goal of who you want to be is. Just um, not necessarily what the job is or the role is or anything, but like what kind of a human do you feel like being in the future? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so just so keeping that focus. As we push through this this obstacle of retirement, which I'm not, I'm not endorsing at all for you. Uh, I don't think it will ever happen. Are you going to ever retire? No, never. (laughs) No, it just seems like it wouldn't be fun. Yeah. My, my retirement party is going to be at a local funeral home. That's, uh, that's it. (laughs) I hope I get an invitation. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. You're on the list. 
you'll have to you'll have to get up to the cord though, and they, you know they'll have to check a clipboard and say, "Oh yes, you're Lindsay Taylor." Uh, Taylor, uh, yeah. mm, kidding. <laughs> so, what's next though? Do you have any idea? Is there a vision there with Lindsay Coulter that says, "I think this is where I'm going to go next"? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that um, if I'm not thinking about what's next, it's because we're at the funeral home. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm always thinking about what's next. I am always trying to figure out how this is going to grow. And um, I think sometimes I have to remind myself that what's next could just be enjoying the phase that we're in. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, what's next could just be, well, good for you. You finally figured out that you don't work long weekends, you know, certain things. Just I've, I have really um, created a business that I love mm-hmm. and that is really, it's a really nice space to be in right. uh, as a person that's always thinking about what is next. It's hard sometimes to, um, it, it's sometimes hard to appreciate where you are. Right. So I have really taken the time to just love this phase. Um, however, uh, I mentioned that I do teach um, photographers sort of business advice and strategies and all of those kinds of things. So um, that is the next thing that I'm working on right now okay. is, um, into the educational side of things. I think I'll always be a photographer. I'll never let that go. I just love right. creating too much. Yeah. Uh, just creating in different ways and uh, teaching other photographers how to have profitable businesses. I think teaching photographers and creatives what that can look like. Um, I think for a really long time, we have romanticized the idea of the starving artist. Right. I, I don't think there's anything romantic about it. No. <laughs> I think there's, not. there's not, right? Um, and if if even one person can quit their crummy nine to five and be able to run their their household how they want and have the freedom to travel and experience life and instead of people saying oh wow I wish I could do those things if I could say you can that's like the greatest feeling ever so yeah. um yeah that's the next thing for me is just trying to share um all of the things that have been given to me and all of the um privilege and education and all that stuff that has been handed to me i would love to be able to share that with other people that's a wonderful thing Lindsay. how are people going to find you online how are they going to find Lindsay coulter photography so instagram is probably the the main hub of where you can find me that's where i'm the most active Mm -hmm. um so i'm at l coulter photo um on instagram so uh, feel free to follow me on there i'm very active you can send me a message if you're ever if you're a photographer that's listening and you're interested in learning about how to grow your business um i I'm always accessible by DM. I have a Facebook group. It's free for photographers. There's a few hundred people in it right now that um, are every single day sharing tips back and forth with each other on um, how they're currently growing their businesses and the things that they are struggling with. So if you send me a message, I can send you links to that as well. Wow, that's wonderful. So thank you very much for being with us today on AQ's Blog and Girl. And uh, someday I'll get around to talking to Taylor Jackson. I'm sure I will. But. I'm sure you might, yeah, you might have to go to Hawaii or something <laughs> to meet, meet up with him, but <laughs> well, I have enough time tracking him down. He's either with our dog or he's in Tokyo, one of the two. <laughs> and, and how is young Richard? He's a gem. He's just an absolute meatball. He's just <laughs> <laughs> The way you guys dress him up, I, I actually do feel sorry for Richard from time to time. <laughs> uh, you, you and know, my he's... dad both, but Richard loves it. 
he won't yeah. tell you that and his face won't say it and really no part of his body language <laughs> <laughs> but i say i feed him so it's a trade-off for me putting yeah. in cute little sweaters <laughs> hawaiian well, shirt every once in a while you never know yeah. Yeah, he's kind of like the Jimmy Buffett of uh, Bulldogs, I think. Uh, he is. He's trying to inspire other Bulldogs to show <laughs> Well, great. Thanks, Lindsay. And uh, from all Thank of us at AQ's Blog and Grill, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for having me. As always, thanks for joining us this week on AQ's Blog and Grill. Make sure to visit our website and sign up for our weekly newsletter or hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this episode so that you never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you found value in today's episode or in any of our previous episodes, we'd love if you'd take a few seconds to give us a five-star review. Your reviews and five stars ensure that other people who need to hear stories like these have the chance to hear them. Or if you're not into rating, tell a friend about the show. Word of mouth spreads the love too and would definitely help us out. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next Monday with a brand new episode of AQ's Blog and Grill. AQ's Blog and Grill.